Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. and I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. chapter 9 and Luke chapter 2. And Isaiah chapter number, chapter 8, chapter 9, praise the name of Jesus, verses 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And in Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. We know the King James, it says, peace on earth and goodwill toward men. How many of us know that version? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to use for thought today, <clears throat> where is the peace God promised? Where is the peace God promised? Father, thank you for uh, this moment, this, this, this time to stand in this pulpit to proclaim your holy word. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing. I pray now for a fresh anointing of your spirit so that I can effectively communicate your word today. I pray that as you anoint each hearer, that we will hear and receive your word. You promise us that when your word goes forth, goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. You promise to prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. We need your word, Lord. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for what your word will accomplish in our lives this day. In Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Where is the peace God promised? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. The Prince of Peace. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. Where is the peace? Now, some of you know the answer, but you got to go through the message. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Because somebody doesn't know the answer. Amen. 
Somebody doesn't know the answer. Where is the peace God promised in the Messiah? People need an answer to this question because what many people are experiencing in their lives and seeing in the world around is conflict, confusion, and war. Amen. Hallelujah. It's in many homes. It's in many families. Many people's lives are riddled with confusion. Somebody might be experiencing some confusion in your life right now. Yeah, they're sitting in here or listening to me on, online. I woke up yesterday morning, and this, this is, I don't know if this has just been on my heart, but, you know, for the last year or so since this war in Ukraine and, and, and w- between Russia and re- Ukraine and now the, the, the war in, in Israel, you know, this has been on my mind. And, and, and when, I, when I'm reading the Bible and I'm, I'm seeing what's going on around, I'm, my constant prayer is, Lord, what are you saying? What are you saying to us in this world today? What are you doing? So yesterday, yesterday when I woke up, this was heavy on my mind. War, war was heavy on my mind. Uh, if we watch the news, we hear about it, and often we see the devastation caused by war. Have you been paying attention? Uh, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me just add a, a piece here, because in the United States, and I don't know, I'm on Facebook, and they might cut this out, but that's okay. I, I have to tell the truth. Uh, in the United States, we only get part of the news, so download the Al Jazeera app, okay, and you'll get another aspect of what's going on in the world. We need to see other than what we are fed, okay? And, and this message will speak to things that, that people have been fed, all right? Uh, and I know that I'm feeding you right now, so. <laughs> but, but I'm trying to be as, as I want to follow what the Lord is saying. You're going to pick up on something in this message today, if you pay attention, that we just talked about in Bible study on Wednesday night, all right? Um, you'll pick up on this in the message. But, yeah, we, you need to either watch BBC, but definitely uh, Al Jazeera. Don't just watch. And you need to watch the news. I know there are people that won't watch the news. And why? I don't know. But you need to know what's going on in the world around you. You know, you need to know. I mean, goodness gracious, if there's an attack planned tomorrow and then you, you, you don't think there's no, no attack because you don't watch the news, that's on you. Need to, you need to know what's going on around. But anyway, um, yeah, so, so uh, we, see, we see the devastation caused. I mean, Israel is destroying Gaza, the Gaza Strip. I mean, okay, now already there are plans to rebuild, which doesn't make sense. It makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. But they're, they're already talking about rebuilding. But they're also talking about moving these people into the Sinai Desert. And Egypt is saying, oh, no, 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 no. We don't want them in in our country. We don't want this in our country because once you build in Egypt and you try to resettle all of these people in Egypt, now you got cross-border conflict between Israel and Egypt. All right? And so there's a whole lot of stuff that goes on you know, as, as we pray for the peace of Israel, we need to understand that there's a true Israel and there's an Israel that's not true. Amen. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this conflict has just been, it's just been weighing on me. And, and so yesterday, I, I googled how many, how many wars are going on in the world right now, okay? According to reference.com, there are, this is recognized by the United States. Now, you know, I love the United, I love my country. I don't necessarily want to live in any other country, even though I might like to live on the continent of Africa. But, but we have to really be careful about what we're fed by our government, all right? And I'm not speaking against our government, but you just got to understand that there are things that you're not told. All right. 
uh, according to our government, there are 10 official wars and eight military conflicts that are recognized by our government. But the article went on to say that there are violent conflicts involving 64 countries and 576 militant, mil, militias and separatist groups. That's a lot. That's a lot. Another article I read said that there are 110 armed violent conflicts going on in the world right now. So it's not just what's happening in Russia, in Ukraine with Russia or in the Gaza Strip with Israel. There are 110 armed conflicts going on in the world right now. Okay? Or according to the other article, 600, I mean 64 countries are involved in conflicts right now. Yeah. But when you bring it down on a more local level, all right, there are turf wars, turf battles that are being fought in cities by gang members, fighting going on. Well, you know, you could talk about the fighting that's going on in Congress. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but there's, there's conflict all, all around us every day in our cities, in our neighborhoods, all right? Battles in homes between husbands and wives. Amen? Parents and children. Children and children. People are fighting all of the time. Not just young children. So in some, in some families, somebody dies, and now there's conflict because this person says, I want this, and that person says, you're taking care of mama, daddy. When they were sick, you got them to rewrite the will. <laughs> now you got conflict going on. You, you, do you understand what I'm saying? This conflict, this conflict all around us. And when we see all of this going on in the world and around us, one might ask, where is the peace? Where is the peace that God promised in the Messiah, in Christ? After all, one of Jesus' designations is Prince of Peace. I read the scripture from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. The prophecy, which is the prophecy given to Israel, all right, but because of what God is doing in the world, we accept that prophecy as well. Because it's not just for Israel, but it was spoken first to Israel. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulder, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. Yet in Israel today, there is no peace. There was not peace before this war started. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Do you, we do not really know what it's like to live in a country where you might be attacked any moment. I mean, not just somebody breaking in your house, but a bomb might drop on you. So people live from day to day with this thought that war could break out at any moment. You know, as big as the United States is, we have developed this false sense of security that, you know, we're protected. Nobody can really get to us. We have the Army, we have the Air Force, we have the Marines, we have, uh, 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 who else do we have? The National Guard, we have uh, Coast Guard. We, we got ourselves protected, you know. We got Canada on the north, and we got South America on the, uh, we got Mexico on the south, and we're at, quote, unquote, peace with these countries. So, and, and then we're so big, we live with a false sense of security in the United States of America. Let me tell you something. Should the Lord lift his hand? Should the Lord just lift his hand? Thank God for the way he has had his hand on this nation, even in the midst of our wickedness, in the midst of how we treated one another. 
in the midst of how we as a people have been treated in this nation. God has had mercy on us. But we don't know what it's like to live in a nation where you got to have this, what do they call that dome? Iron dome over us. Israel is so small that they can have an iron dome over them. This security system that, that they use to, to, to block uh, any missiles that come in. And still that iron dome misses some of the missiles. Yeah, yeah. But there's no peace in Israel. There's no peace in Israel. The night that Christ was born, God sent two angels to those shepherds in the field to announce the birth of the Messiah. The shepherds were tending their flock. And then after the announcement, the Bible says, there appeared with those two angels a great company of angels, a heavenly host. And they began praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. And that's a purpose, that's a reason that, that I wanted to use the King James here. And I'm going to come back and use the NIV, all right, because I said that, you know, we just talked about some of this in Bible study on Wednesday night. Uh, but but I want to, for our purpose in the message, to use what the King James says, all right? Uh, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. You may not be 69, all right? And you're probably not. All right. You may not be 55. You might be 20, but you've heard the King James translation. That has been said over and over and over. Don't go to sleep on me. That has been said over and over again in the church. If you come to church, amen, you've heard the King James translation. Of course, you know, some of us, some people, maybe I shouldn't say this word, but I guess people do it. Some people swear by the King James. This, this is the word of the Lord. <laughs> so we have the promise from God of peace. However, it's obvious that on earth, on earth, there is no peace. Nor is there a whole lot of goodwill toward men or toward people as the King James states. Right? <laughs> now, now, as I said, a lot of us grew up on the King James. That's all we had. Okay? And we've heard the King James Version of the Bible and really thought, you know, this, this was the Bible. You know, when I was growing up and going to Sunday school, I had no idea that there were other, that this was a translation of the Bible, I had no idea. So we read it, we memorized it, and so once we memorized it, amen, even before I went to, went to prepare this message, I knew the scripture. I knew the scripture from Sunday school. I grew up with this, and it's been in my psyche. Peace on earth and goodwill toward men, but I'm looking at the world, and I don't see any peace. I'm looking at the United States, and I don't see peace. When it says peace on earth, it didn't say, here, it didn't say peace in my heart. It didn't say peace in my family. It said peace on earth. It didn't say peace and goodwill toward my church members. It said goodwill toward men. It didn't say a degree of goodwill. It said goodwill toward men. So we grew up on this. And, and, and we, 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 we read this, we said, this is the Bible. Only to find out later that this was a translation authorized by James, the king of England, in 1611. 1611 A.D., not B.C. All right, this is 2023. So you subtract 1611 from 2023. You see how many years ago that was. All right? All right? Uh, and, 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 and then we find out that there are a lot of inaccuracies in the King James Version. Well, when they translated it, there were only eight existing manuscripts from the original languages. See, you know, English is not the original language of the Bible. It's not. Don't get confused. Follow me now. This is key. This is this little point right here. I wasn't going to mention it, but then as I was meditating and studying again this morning, I realized how important this was. Um, 
There were only eight existing manuscripts from the original languages when it was translated, and none of them were ancient manuscripts. Also, the Bible, listen, the Bible had to please King James. They were not concerned about pleasing God. The translators in 1611 had to please King James, which required of them taking a bit of license. Think about this. The king of England, now you got to go back to Constantine, declaring Christianity the state religion. It's dangerous when we declare Christianity the state religion. It's dangerous when we take license with the Bible to satisfy our purposes. The settlers came over from England. At one point, James was the king of England. And they said they came for religious freedom. Don't go to sleep. This is important. We said we got faith in Jesus. We need to know the truth. And they came in to establish a democracy in the United States. And now we're looking at the church today, and we're wondering, how can, how can these people, well, how can we, how can we be Christian and hate one another? How can these people be Christian and own slaves? Let's go back to slavery. How can they be Christians and burn a cross in a person's yard? The same people who go to church, the same people who serve on boards and churches, if you study the history of York, South Carolina, where, we are, where this building is sitting today, there were black people who were hung in York, South Carolina during Reconstruction. But the same people went to church and the same people said they were Christian. Our school district takes people to Brattonsville and we got people down there depicting slavery and what it was like serving in Brattonsville. When the Bratton man was the leader of the KKK at one time, and when you study the history, now, now, don't get mad at me. <laughs> I'm like, this message may not be put I don't know. I don't care. But this will help you. All right. And you wonder. So, 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 so there was a whole group before the people left York and went back to Liberia. Okay. During the American Colonization Society a whole group of KKK people to avoid, to avoid prosecution by the government because Reverend Elias Hill, who was, a, who was a Presbyterian minister who was on the ship that went back to Liberia, all right, he testified about these people who came and I, I want to say something that, that I don't remember correctly because this just came up in the conversation, so... Holy Ghost brought this back to my remembrance to tie all of this together to get my point. Yeah, and so, so they, they came, I think they killed his brother, but they came to his house, you know, and, and they were looking for, 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 for some reason or another, they did not take him and kill him, all right? Now, but these same people wearing white robes and wearing their, 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 their hats on their heads and covering their faces are in someone's church. They say they're Christian. How do they get this mentality? How do they get this mentality? Well, when the Bible is altered to satisfy the king, and the king wants a certain, a certain, a certain, uh, uh, the word I want to use can't come to my mind, but thought pattern in his nation, okay, then in Christianity is the, the state religion or the faith of the nation, which may not necessarily have anything to do with your obedience to Christ, a love for Jesus, or what Jesus is saying, 
And you, this, this, little, this little scripture here gives us an example of, of how the scriptures were altered. So you say, so you say, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men without making any qualifications, without making any, descript, any distinctions, then you can go to church and you can claim Christianity without having a personal relationship with Jesus or being submitted uh, uh, to the Holy Spirit and allowing him to lead you and allowing him to pour the love of God out in your heart by the Holy Ghost, you can do anything you want to do and still say you are Christian and your actions are sanctioned by the church that you are part of that is the state church. And so you come from England to America with that same mentality. So Wednesday night we talked a little bit about how the Christians in, 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 in the, the Christians in Ethiopia were persecuted. Ethiopia and in Africa and parts of Armenia, where the gospel settled first, was, was spread first before it got to Europe. How the Christians rejected European forms of Christianity and stuck with the faithfulness to the Bible. But because they would not incorporate the different religions of these areas because, you know, in those days, uh, when people, when the government became the government and they established Christianity as the faith, they didn't say all these other religions were not valid. So they would incorporate Christianity along with worshiping ISIS and worshiping all of these other gods. Christians in North Africa and Armenia and other places in the Middle East rejected that, and that led to persecution of the church. When you twist the scripture to fit your purposes, then you open the door for all of these other things to come in. I hope that makes my point today. So peace on earth, goodwill toward men is not what the Bible said. That's not the original that's not the original text. And so if that's what you're thinking, then you're asking the question, where is this peace? God, you promised peace, but God didn't promise peace to everybody. <laughs> the NIV and other versions more accurately translate the scripture here. Glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The RSV says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men on whom he is pleased. Not everybody. It's not a blanket peace. It's not a blanket peace. So the peace that Christ came to give is only for those who God is pleased with. Who are those? It is those who trust in and accept God's promise for their salvation. Amen? God's promise and provision for their salvation. You see, this is about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the rule of Christ in the hearts and lives of all who submit to his rulership. Others are left out of this peace. It's available for them, but they don't have it because they refuse the Prince of Peace. Now, this can, this can come down on a local level. Y'all, we got to understand this, and there's a, there's a purpose for this message. We got to, we got to get this. Uh, therefore, people who have not accepted Christ as Savior and Lord can experience this level of peace. What do you mean, this level of peace? Well, you know, when you look at peace, it's, it's, on, it's on at least two levels that I'll talk about today. At least the first level is that outside of Jesus, we're enemies of God. Because there is no in between ground, there's no demilitarized zone. You're either 
for Christ, or for God, or you're against God. If you are not saved, you know, and this is a struggle for us saints because we love our children. We love our sisters and our brothers. We, we love our friends. But the reality of this is, if you are not saved, you are an enemy of God. There's enmity between God and Satan and between God and all of those who follow Satan. If there's no in-between ground, if there is no demilitarized zone where you can, where you can be like in this place of suspension, then you're on Satan's side. You're on Satan's side. You're either for God or you're against God. And so if you're against God, there's no, this level of peace, the first level is Christ comes to reconcile us to God. Christ comes to move that, that enmity out of the way so that we can be brought into fellowship with God, but he doesn't just move it and then we do nothing. We have to accept Jesus as Savior and Lord and submit to his rulership. You remember what Jesus said to Nicodemus? Except one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. There is no perception. There is no understanding. Of the, then he said, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So unless I'm born of the Spirit of God, and that starts with me saying, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. Come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I yield my life to you because Lord means that he's ruler. I don't rule myself anymore. I'm going to get to a scripture that kind of, kind of, kind of brings that out a little bit clearer, but, but I don't rule myself anymore. So this level of peace, this level of peace is where we are reconciled, and that's what Christ came to give us. He came, first of all, to give that level of peace, to make it possible for us to be let, reconciled to God. Amen? And, and, as we're, and that comes through submission to and faith in, in, in the Lord, the ruler, and Savior, Jesus Christ. This provision God has made for us in Christ is not some cheap thing. Think about this. It's not cheap. It's not cheap, saints. It's not cheap. It wasn't cheap. Cheap. God paid a costly price to reconcile us to himself. He gave Jesus Christ his only begotten son. Jesus gave his life in taking our sins upon himself and satisfying divine justice so that God could forgive us and receive us as his own. Jesus suffered. Amen. They beat him. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They nailed nails in his hands. They pierced him in his side. They nailed nails in his feet. On that cross, as he was hanging there, agonizing on the cross, he sensed separation from God. He cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Something he'd never experienced before. And then he died on the cross. That's not cheap. That's not cheap. And we can't come to God with some cheap way of following him. Oh, yes. I want to be baptized. What comes after baptism? Oh, I want to be saved. What comes after the profession of faith in Jesus? And saints, you know, a lot of us have been at this point where we gave God, we tried to be cheap with God. We got baptized. We said we were saved. Then we took things back. We took things back. It's not, this is not, this is not a cheat. So a verbal commitment is not enough. It's not enough to get baptized. It's not enough to join the body of Christ, the, 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 the church. As Christ gave his life, we must give our lives to him. And total surrender of his will as well. I'm going to come back and I'm going to qualify that because in the beginning, you know we ain't perfect. <laughs> Paul said in his plea to the church in Rome, I plead with you, brethren, 
by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable under God, which is your spiritual worship. King James again says, which is your reasonable service. But either way, if I present my body as a living sacrifice, then my body doesn't belong to me anymore. So I can't do with my body what I want to do with my body. Isn't that a battle a lot of people face? It's a struggle with the flesh. You want to do what you want to do. It's a struggle. This is my life. I live my life the way I want to. I make my decisions the way I want to make my decisions. I put in my body what I want to put in my body. And that doesn't have to be alcohol and drugs. It could be food that we ain't got no business eating. Because we believe I am an individual. I have a right to do what I want to do. You do until you accept Jesus as L-O-R-D. Once he becomes Lord, it's no longer your body. You've been bought with a price. You belong to him. Jesus said, if any one of you wants to be my follower, be my disciple, you must deny yourself. The New Living Translation puts it this way. If you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. Now, for people who say, I can be a Christian and I can live any way I want to live, that's contrary to what the Bible says. The Bible plainly says you have to give up your own way. Now, for those of us sitting in here today, we shouldn't be arguing with that. Because, you see, you're arguing with me. I don't have an argument. So, no sense in debating me. If you're arguing, you're arguing with God and what God has said in his word. Yeah. So when we do that, when we give our lives to Christ, the Prince of Peace comes into our lives and he imparts peace to us. This is the second level of peace. It's a peace that the world can't give. The world is not going to come and live in you and give you peace. You may accept worldly ways and, 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 and you know, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. You know what a wage is? When you go to work, at the end of the week or two weeks, a month or whatever, you get money. That's your wage. That's what you earn. So when you live in sin, what you earn from sin is death. That's what the Bible says. Now, now once we come to the knowledge of the truth, we, we should not want to see people going through that. And we definitely don't want to see our children going through that. But they got to come to the knowledge of the truth for themselves. If you raise your children, all right, and you taught them what's right, and they choose to go a different way, you are not responsible for them. You can't force them. Now, you got to keep speaking. You got to keep praying. You got to keep fasting for them. But you can't force them. The problem is that we're not getting the knowledge of this. We're not getting this. For some reason or another, it's not clicking in people's minds. I know, amen, that the God of this age has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. So that's why we can't be quiet. I'm, just, I'm ahead of myself, but anyway, amen. It is the peace, this peace that he gives is beyond our understanding. It is a peace that will keep you amid persecution. It will keep you amid, am I talking to anybody? The attacks of the enemy. It is the peace that will keep you amid financial setbacks. It is a peace that will keep you amid sickness, amid death, amid disease, amid family problems, and anything that you need to be kept in the midst of. God's peace that passes all understanding that comes through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He promised it will keep you. It will keep you. He didn't say you wouldn't have trouble. He said his peace will keep you. In the world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Okay? Now, now, people of God, this doesn't mean that you get everything right overnight. Listen, 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 listen. Uh, you know, it does mean from the point of faith in Jesus, you are justified 
in the, in, in the sight of God, and you are empowered to grow up into him and become the person that God wants you to become. How so? Because now, in Christ, Christ is in you, and he is the hope of glory in you. He is the one who imparts peace. So the Prince of Peace, now that I've given my life to Christ, lives in me. And he can't live in me without imparting peace. If he lives in me, he's going to impart peace. He didn't say I wouldn't have trouble. He didn't say the devil wouldn't attack my mind. But he said he'd give me a perfect peace that will keep me in the midst of that. Because I'm growing. I'm becoming. I'm, I, I, you know, you may, be, you may be a baby Christian. You got to grow in this. That's why people have to stay. People have to stay in the Lord. You can't be in the Lord today and out tomorrow. We have to teach young people that even in the body of Christ, there are going to be problems. But don't give up on the body of Christ. Amen. There are going to be problems as people interact with one another in the growing process. People are going to have problems. But stay in the Lord. Don't get discouraged. We got to remove this image that we are perfect people. God is working on all of us. Some of us have gotten a bit further in the process than others. But we need people to stay in the Lord because outside of the Lord, there's no peace. Outside of the Lord, there's no protection. Outside of the Lord, you start earning more and more wages of sin. The devil will give you a raise every week. Ah, thank you, Holy Ghost, because I, I never thought about that before. You'll get a raise every week. You'll go from one degree of sin to the next. That's a raise. Like on your job, you know, you've been working for some time, you get a raise, you go another level. But this level is not up. This level is down. You go deeper and deeper and deeper in the degradation of sin. Just like that boy, that young man that walked away from his father. And he said, Lord, he said, Daddy, give me the portion of the heritage that belongs to me. It wasn't even his turn. The older son should have got it first. But this boy in himself, I tell you, flesh will make you do a whole lot of things. Being in self will make you do a whole lot of things. Because it's not just you. It is the spirit of Antichrist that's working and influencing you. He's working in your mind. And he's not telling you that he's trying to destroy you. He is telling you this feels good. He's telling you do what you want to do. And he's paying you a price that to the flesh feels good, but you're going down. You're going down. You're going down. And when, if you lift up your eyes, you'll be in the pig pen of life, and you'll be about to eat the slop that you're feeding to the hogs. See, now, that works for those of us who grew up in the country and had hogs. Anybody remember the, 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 the slop bucket? Some of y'all grew up in the country. <laughs> so all the leftover foods you put, except the bones, you put it in the slop bucket. Now, who want to eat all that food mixed up together? And the slop bucket will stay there until it got full. That slop bucket will begin to smell because it, it, was, it was rottening food. It was decaying food. And this young man was about to eat the slop. Oh, let me just take it a little bit. So, so, so y'all didn't grow up in the country, some of you young people, and so you didn't know a toilet, but, but just think about this, okay, since you didn't know what the outside toilet was like, think about this, your plumbing breaks, and you can't flush the toilet, but there are 10 people in your house and you got to use it. That'll give you a picture of what this young man was about to do. He was about to eat the slop because the devil had taken him down and down and down and down. And that is the price you pay. The devil will give you wages to make you think you're doing good when you're not doing good. Jesus. Jesus. Help me. 
Help us. Help us. Help us. Ooh. So, so, so you got to understand that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He wants us to come to him. He wants us, Jesus wants us to, to give our lives to him. And even though we're justified in his sight, he wants to empower us so we grow we grow up into him and become the persons that, that he wants us to be. He, he is inside of us. That's how, that's how this process works. You're not even left on your own to grow. Amen. You begin to grow. Let me tell you what. what sometimes, sometimes I'm dreaming scripture. Are you hearing me? Sometimes I wake up in the night, I just had a whole worship service. Sometimes I wake up, I had a revival meeting. I was somewhere preaching on the street somewhere. Well, now what's happened? Holy Ghost is ministering to me. Because the word, even right now, the word I'm preaching to you, Holy Ghost is ministering to me. That's how this works, amen? Amen, as you give yourself to the Lord, amen, he begins to minister to you in so many various ways so that you can grow in him. But apart from him, you experience the wages of sin. So the Lord knows you. He knows where you are. And he's committed to help. The Bible says in Psalm 103, verse 14, that the Lord remembers our frame. He knows that we are dust. He does. He knows you. So don't, don't get discouraged. You're not where you ought to be, but you got to keep on trying. You got to stay in there. You got to keep trusting. I ain't going to say trying. Keep trusting. If you make a mistake, just get up and dust yourself off and ask the Lord to forgive you and go back into it. Don't lay there and wallow in sin. Now, how many of you, if you got to work outside, and you're working in mud, you ain't going to track that mud in your house. Before you come in the house, you take those dirty shoes off, and if you're dirty, you take the dirty clothes and go to the bathroom and take a shower. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. Don't stay there and track all that dust and all that dirt and all that mud in your life. Go to God and let the Holy Ghost clean you up so you can continue this process. Oh, Jesus said, come unto me, all you who weary and a burden are heavy laden, I, listen to what he says. He says, I will give you rest. He didn't say the preacher would give you rest. He didn't say the mother of the church would give you rest. He didn't say your mama, your daddy would give you rest. He said, if you come to me, I will give you rest. Then he said, he said, take my yoke upon you and do what? Learn of me. Learn, learn, learn. That's why you got to come back. You got to keep on. You got to keep on. You got to keep learning because you don't know everything. You ever met somebody, you know, even if they're 100 years old and you try to talk to them, they know everything. Sometimes you meet young people, they know everything. They got all of the answers. You don't know everything. Stop lying to yourself. Jesus said, learn of me. And then he said, for I am gentle. Listen, for all of these people who say that God is mean, and see, part of this process, Isaiah spoke to it. And, and I didn't cover it, but Isaiah spoke to it about how these people begin to curse God. You see, people, because of how Satan has blinded their minds, and they've been looking for something that's not happening, and when something bad happens, they say, where is God? And people are cursing him because they've been blinded by Satan. Jesus says, he says, I am gentle and humble in heart. If you come to me, the problem is they not come to him. They can't have peace until they come to him. He's not giving you peace if you don't come to him. You don't have that first level peace because you're not coming. He said, I am, I am gentle and humble in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Some of you don't know what a yoke is. But a yoke is that thing that that you hang around in there. Either it, 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 it hooked the, the oxen or the mules together, they plowed together, or daddy used to use a yoke to keep the cow from getting out of the pasture. He put a nail on the end of it so the car tried to jump across the fence and get stuck, get caught. Jesus said, what I give you, you think this is difficult? You think life is difficult? You're saying Christianity is just hard? It's not hard. He said, my yoke is easy. When you compare what I want for you to what the world gives you, to what Satan gives you, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. My burden is light. My burden is light. Let me wrap this up. Amen. 
So learning of the, of the Lord is, is a process. But if you're going to have his peace, it's a process that you have to submit to. And as you submit to the process, you learn his will and you learn his way and you receive his peace and his rest. Another thing in the process is you can't be his disciple and go your own way. Do your own thing. And you can't go to heaven without being his disciple. You can't do it. There are no two avenues into heaven. There's not an avenue for the believer and an avenue for the unbeliever. The Bible says straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life and few. I know we want everybody to be saved, but everybody's not going to be saved. We got to understand that. Doesn't, doesn't stop our passion for souls, but we just have to understand that. He said, few that be that find it. Wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many, many go in thereby. So many people are on the road to destruction. They see the bright lights of the world. They're having fun going to this party and that party. They've even jumped on the bandwagon of saying the church is out of date and the church is irrelevant. Jesus' church is never irrelevant. Jesus' church is never out of date. Never. Never. Upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In every generation, his church is relevant. But we've got to get in. We've got to get on the inside, and we've got to start seeing it from his perspective. All right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's backtrack a minute. And this is the last, this is part of the last point. All right. This is about the peace that he, the Prince of Peace, came to give. Remember, it's only for those whom God is pleased. Ask yourself this question. What about the rest of the world? Ask yourself, say, what about the rest of the world? The rest of the world is his concern too. And consequently, it's our concern. We're in what's called Advent season. Advent season speaks of the coming of Christ. We know Christ has already been born, but we know he's coming again. Amen? Advent. So even though we celebrate his coming, his birth, we look forward to his second coming. There's an in-between time, saints. This is where we come into the picture here not just with us receiving his peace, but there are others who don't have his peace. We can't forget about them. We can't forget about them. And taking his yoke upon us and learning of him, we learn that we've been given a task. That task is to be his ambassadors in this world. We've been reconciled, Paul says, but he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. He sought me. He saved me. Now he's given me the same task because I have become his disciple. I've got to seek. Got to seek the lost. I've got to share the good news to the lost. I can't save them, but when I do what the Lord tells me to do, then he does what he's going to do in the process. And in this process, the Lord also says the harvest is ripe. But what? The laborers are few. So while I'm out there seeking and saving the laws, I'm looking to bring them to Christ, I got to also be praying that the Lord of the harvest will send more laborers into his harvest. Now, God's, that says to me, God is concerned about the rest of the world. We got to be concerned about the rest of the world. We just can't come to worship on Sunday morning and then go back home and live our lives and not be winning souls. We can't give anybody else peace, but we can point them to the Prince of Peace. As I said, we can't save anybody, but we can point them to the one who can save. We can't reconcile anyone to God, nor can we give them inner peace, but we know the one who can. And we must get busy in our ministry. You gotta get busy in your ministry. Seeking and saving the lost. The, print, the peace that, 
that, that, that, that God promised is very present today. We got to share this good news. Thank God we have it. Thank God we have it. There may be things going on in your life, but you have the Prince of Peace. He's ministering to you. He's keeping you in the midst of your own struggles. If it were not for the grace of God in your life, you wouldn't be sitting in this sanctuary right now. You got to thank him in the midst of it. And you got to treasure every, 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 every blessing that comes your way. Because more are on the way. More are on the way. But we got to get busy, saints. Where is the peace that God promised? It's very present in this world today in Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. But it only comes to those to whom he is pleased. And he's only pleased with you when you've given your life to Christ. That's the first level, please. You know, you might be doing some things. I'm not, I'm not minimizing sin, but I want you to understand where I am. All right. Paul says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. That's in this growing process. As the Holy Spirit is ministering to us, he doesn't, doesn't allow us to be satisfied with sin. But he's pleased when we accept his provision for our salvation. He's pleased when we grow up into him to be the person that he wants us to be. That's where that's where the peace that the Lord came to give resides. So his peace is very present. Everybody's not experiencing it. World leaders are trying to find peace in the wrong places. We know the Prince of Peace is our responsibility to communicate the good news so that they may come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord. Don't don't think that your ministry is irrelevant. Every person that you went to Christ, that's one that's been snatched from the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light. That's what Jesus came to give. There's going to come a day when he is going to defeat Satan ultimately or cast Satan and his angels into hell eternally and establish the new Jerusalem. We live eternally with him in heaven. But until that day, while there's blood running warm in our veins, while we're still alive, that was an old saying. <laughs> we have work to do, saints. This is the season that we celebrate the birth of the Savior. What is it about Jesus you're celebrating? Thank God he is the prince peace. Now, in my celebration, I need to seek to lead somebody to know him as Savior and Lord. Let's stand. Father, thank you for your word and the power of your word. Thank you, Lord, that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word and the things that you sent your word to. So thank you for sending your word to us today. Thank you for what your word accomplishes in our desire, in our lives, as you fulfilling your desire for us in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Lord, if there's anyone today who's not saved, whether they're in the sanctuary, whether they're watching online, I pray that your word has reached them. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll minister to them. I pray that they will respond accordingly in Jesus' name. Amen. If there's anybody who's unsaved, watching online, uh, if you're in the sanctuary and you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord, and the Spirit of the Lord is tugging on your heart or on your conscience and saying to you, you need to give your life to Jesus. You need to give your life to Jesus. Come, come, come. This is not just my words. It's what Holy Spirit is doing as he's drawing you to the Lord. It's up to you to respond. If you're already saved, 
You need to rededicate your life to the Lord. You don't have to necessarily come up and give a public declaration in front of the church. You need to give a declaration to the Lord and, and live according to it. But if you need to rededicate your life and you feel the need of prayer, you want us to pray with you. We want you to come now. Put a comment. I know you can't come and you're watching us online, but let us know that you, that you need prayer, and we will pray for you. If you want us to contact you, give us your contact information so that we can reach out to you and pray with you. If you need, to be, uh, need further information, need, to, need someone to guide you in this process of, of coming to Christ, reach out to us. Let us know. That's what we're here for. We want you to know the Prince of Peace, too. You want the peace of God. We want the peace of God that passes all understanding to keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. But you have to respond. I had to respond. Every believer in the sanctuary, every believer online, one day we had to respond. For me, when I decided I wanted Jesus as my Savior and my Lord, I was in a revival meeting. I was 10 years old. I didn't fully understand, but of course, you know, in those days, we, I got up and went to the front of the church. The preacher gave the invitation, and I told him I want to accept Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. I had to respond. We have to respond. You have to respond. And it has to be a verbal response because Jesus doesn't have any secret disciples. Yeah. You can't be ashamed of him can't be ashamed of him. There's no reason to be ashamed of him. Now, I know in certain societies, there are some things, and somebody might be listening from a society where you just can't publicly confess Christ. We understand that. Let us know as you write to us. Everything will be confidential, and we will pray with you, and we will lead you through that process. But in American society, that's not the case. So I want to pray with you. You want to give your life to Jesus. I want to lead you to this prayer of confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. I believe, however, that you died on the cross, that your death satisfied the righteous requirement of God's law on my behalf so that I could be saved. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for caring about me. Even before I was born. Thank you for the sacrifice you made on my behalf. Lord Jesus, I accept that sacrifice. I accept you to be my Lord, to be my Savior. Please come into my life. Save me from my sin. I yield my life to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you were sincere, the Lord heard you. Salvation is not by feeling. Salvation is by faith, according to what God has said in his word. Now, write to us. Let us know the decision that you've made. Uh, so that we can follow up with you. And we will do that. If there's anybody in the sanctuary who needs to come or wants to be a part of this ministry and want to make that commitment today, we want to give you that opportunity to come now. If you're watching us online, you want to be a part of this ministry, write to us, let us know. We will follow up with you, but you have to give us your contact information. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this uh, opportunity to share your word. Thank you, Lord, for your peace. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being the Prince of Peace. Thank you for giving us understanding today. I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice, every household, every family. I pray that your peace that passes understand, all understanding as we trust you, as we've given ourselves to you, that your peace will keep our hearts and our minds as we go through the things of life. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for your divine protection. Thank you for your provisions. Lord, as we go through this season and we interact with family and with friends, 
if we encounter those that don't know you, we pray for the opportunity and the words to say, to minister to them. Use us for your glory in this season. If there are any sick among us, we lift them up to you now. We plead the blood of Jesus against every sickness, against every disease, in the name of Jesus. Those that are coming for, uh, coming up for medical procedures, we pray for divine protection. We pray for wholeness and health now in the name of Jesus. God, we stand on your word. Healing belongs to us. By your stripes, we were healed. Thank you, Lord, for healing. Thank you for your desire for us that we prosper and be in health, even as our souls prosper. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the blood covenant. And I plead the blood of Jesus over the life of every believer in this place. Every believer that's listening online, I plead the blood of Jesus. Thank you for your divine protection. Thank you, Lord, for making ways out of no way. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.